Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're joined by me, Ryan, and I'm joined by Lenny and John. We all like to talk about cars. We're glad you're joining us. This week, we're going to be talking about some race cars and some F1. Super excited to do that. And to start it off, John's got a couple more updates on his um, rigged together sim rig. So, John, why don't you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, baby. So, uh, I've got it. Fully rolling. I've been able to spend a couple hours per night playing in the rig for the last week. Um, been playing with the pedals and stuff. And I don't know, like a little tidbit I thought was really cool is with the Sim Magic P2000s that I'm using, there's a spring stack in the brake pedal. So you can carry the type of springs that you use. And I'm experimenting with using one light and one really heavy spring. That does is there's like the first half of the brake pedal travel. Pedal will feel really light and it will get really stiff. And then it's mostly modulation. And usually on uh, on most performance cars, you kind of have that, you have that like take up and piston travel where the, tra- where the pedal is relatively light. And then when all that bottoms out and you're just applying extra pressure to the pads, it gets substantially firmer and uh it's really cool how they how they replicate that feel with varying spring stiffnesses and so like when you're going into the brakes you can tell every time like how much brake you're applying just by the way the pedal feel changes and it gets suddenly stiff so that's uh compared to the the old pedals i was using before this that's one big thing i'm noticing just off the bat is that very noticeable change in effort along the pedal travel. And so that allows you to be much more consistent. Um, really enjoying these pedals so far. I give these pedals 10 out of 10. I don't have any thanks yet. Um, another thing I wanted to comment on was, uh, how freaking good the Simia cube SC two is. Ryan, what is that? A what? For those who don't know, Simia cube SC two is the wheelbase I'm using. Oh, okay. Um, the software in this, and like, I've had it for almost a year now, but I don't think everybody understood, like, like the online community understood all the different settings in the software and how to use it. And I've revisited a lot of my settings in some games, and some of the recommended setups have changed a lot. I've been playing with it, and know how like i mean you could probably back me up on this at no point in time in my entire life have i ever had an issue getting in a car like a car i didn't know on a track i didn't know and going out and doing like a seven tenths lap like you're slow but you're fast enough to like scare your mom you're just kind of feeling <laughs> it out and yet and ryan you could probably back me up on this in a sim rig new car New track, you are 100% putting it into a wall. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Every time. And that, it always frustrated me how it's like, until I, like, learned the track and the car, I was dramatically worse in a sim rig than I was in a real life. car. Yeah, it's nuts. And it, was, it wasn't until you really got it that it started to kind of come together. I got to yeah. say, the combination of these pedals and changing some of my settings on the wheel, like, gotten to a point in automobilista where like i'm just hopping into cars and driving around the track oh that's not, awesome 
crashing and, and, and it sounds stupid, but anybody that's done sim racing kind of know what I'm talking about is that until you kind of learn the track and learn the car, like you look like a child playing Gran Turismo for the first time. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've got to the, like I did a series formula V Brazil, which I didn't even know was a thing. It's like these little open seat cars with Volkswagen engines, swing axles. And I did five minutes on the track, never hit a wall once, and I was putting down competitive lap times. I was just like, oh, I can feel what this freaking thing is doing. This is it's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I just want to give a, I don't know, an update. Uh, I'm on this cheap, foldable play seat that I've added some ratchet straps to to make it stiffer, and so far, so good. You're on an affordable, um, not cheap. You're on an affordable. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. John, you're gonna have to send me links to to this these affordable parts here. Oh, is 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 this Lenny trying to get into an affordable sim rig? Well, well I mean, not not that we all have F1 2022, you know, and we're gonna be racing each other. I feel like I should at least level the playing field and come down to your guys's level. That's true. A little bit. You are a god among Ming when it comes to using a controller. It's and you Most know, especially yes. Especially for the listeners, I would just like to point out that, like, all the guys dominating the leaderboards in Sims have, like, a $200 Logitech G29. So, yeah, it's all skill. You know, yeah, don't don't let me with my $1,200 base and a $600 wheel on top of that and my $1,000 pedals. Like, uh, that's for my enjoyment. And Logitech actually is... Now direct drive. So like the sim market, even comparative to two years ago, both Fanatec and Logitech have pretty affordable direct drive wheels, which back when John started getting into sim stuff wasn't a thing. Uh, If you were to buy a Logitech, it'd be like a shitty belt that just was crappy haptic feedback. Whereas now uh, both of the major, I'd say, well-known, you can get access to sim rigs that are not priced out of insanity both have direct drive, which is going to give you a, a far better feel. So that this is the time well, now think, to kind of get into it. Yeah, Fanatec or Fanatic, however you're supposed to pronounce that. Like when they came out with the the DD1 direct drive, that kind of blew the market open. Yeah, yeah. That's like a five hundred dollar wheel that's a direct drive motor, and it's it's hard to justify a high end belt wheel, which you know, are over 300 bucks when you can get a direct drive for five. Just get the hard. Just get the direct drive. There's no reason. Right. <laughs> so it kind of turn. it turns the market into you're either like really going cheap and just screwing around and getting like a hundred dollar wheel, yeah. or you should just save up and get the direct drive. Like if, if you're buying it for yourself, get the direct drive. If you're like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grandma going to Best Buy to buy a wheel for my grandkid. Okay, fine. Buy him a hundred dollar <laughs> belt trip and whatever. So that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I made a slight modification to my sim rig as well, uh, also showing the affordability. Uh, I went to Menards. Those that are not in the great of the Midwest, that's a hardware store similar to Lowe's or Home Depot, and bought some foam padding. Big money at John knows. And uh, put that underneath my, my gaming chair, which is just an office chair without wheels. That's my sim rig seat. But, yeah, I put the foam pads underneath it, and now I actually have grip. I'm not getting a lot of slides, so... Uh, we'll be taking an afternoon in that to see really how a full race length goes. But with the couple of time trials I did, it seems to be working pretty well. 
Doesn't take much. Six. Doesn't take. I'm much. excited to start. Excited to start comparing times on it. Yeah. Uh, I definitely went to Singapore last night and was like, I do not know this circuit at all. <laughs> it's a crazy circuit. Oh man, it's so, nuts. So this is uh, sort of a continuation from last week of what I was saying. Suka's next on the track on the list, right? And yeah. So like, my warm up track is what we're going to be racing this week, right? Yes, that's it's correct. Perfect. Prepare to get defeated. Okay. And I'll I'll put this on record right now. You're not the both of you are not beating me on Suzuka. All right. This week. That's where we're going. I'll, just, I'll work on Singapore oh, later. We're going to Japan. Now, how long is it going to take and, and, me to get my settings on? <laughs> and I mean, and we're all on the same game right now. We're not on the same platform. And I mean, I'm on controller, so I have that disadvantage to me. But um, yeah, you're still not going to beat me. Good luck, guys. This should be interesting. <clears throat> all right, all right. He's got the he's got the time. Speaking to of start things posting. going fast around the track, uh, news came out this past week from Japan. Also, coincidence this time from Yokohama over in Nismo Amori Factory, they are releasing N- Nissan and Nismo. That is are releasing a new or the new 400Z GT4 variant. This is a customer race car that you'll be able to buy, uh, not only in Japan, but I think it's also going to be available in North America and Europe. So, like, this is a global release from Nissan and Nismo, uh, customer race car, GT4 variant, and it looks absolutely sick. And we have to talk about it. Yes, we do. So, mm-hmm. it's be- there was a time when this type of stuff was really rare. It's becoming more and more common. Companies building bespoke race cars, selling them to the general public for reasonable money for a race car. So you can just buy a ready-made track car out of the box direct from Nissan or whoever. I think it's good for everybody. (laughs) You're right. Nismo and Nissan are not the only ones. The Toyota GR Supra also has a gt4 variant of course porsche has their 718 uh gt4 though i don't think that's an actual race car we were talking about that before uh yeah that's that's confusing yeah it's not an actual race car it's just a sort of i don't i don't know if porsche sell like if you can just stroll up to porsche and buy the actual race car and it makes it really hard to find information about it because the street car is called a gt4 and it's not based on a race car um mm-hmm. whereas if you look up nismo gt4 the only results you find that's good job porsche good job with your naming convention <laughs> they're not confusing at yes. all that porsche has never been confusing with their naming conventions not even a little bit um <laughs> i think so, this car is super so this sexy D- yeah, this ZGD4 has roll cage, uh, racing wheels, center lock hubs, slicks. It's got the arrow. It's got a bunch of cooling brakes and stuff. Uh, and I'm sure it has a little bit of bump power. And Nismo Nissan hasn't re- released any information officially on the stats. They just said that they're going to do it and then release some rendering pictures. I don't know if there's even a rolling prototype yet. 
Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, they said they're dro- dropping that at the uh, SEMA show in Las Vegas, scheduled for the first through fourth. Is when more more details oh, are nice. coming. Oh, so, so ni- <clears throat> next month in November. Yep. at SEMA. So I'm sure that that'll come up again. We'll probably talk about SEMA in general. So you know what I'm really interested to see on this? What's that? The Supra GT4. Now for a minute, uh, it's doing pretty well. I believe a team fielding the Supra got third or is in third current for us series um but the street cars the supra and the 400z i mean we talked about the 400z and we all like it and think it's gorgeous and whatnot but in terms of track times the 400z did not compare very favorably to the supra uh the supra it beat it on most tracks by like four seconds uh wow pretty decisive so granted the race car and the street car Probably won't have a whole lot in common in terms of suspension geometry and stuff, but I'm very curious to see how competitive actual race car version of the 400Z is, seeing as how you know it left something to be desired back times compared to the Supra. Do you, do you think that that time difference on track is due to the paddle shift, the dual clutch transmission in the Supra versus the six speed manual in the Z? four seconds, dude, with yeah, a professional a driver. Like, you know, I could, I would give that maybe a second or two. I think, I think because the 400Z is basically a, a refresh or sprucing up the, the 370 chassis and right. the Supra is riding on a brand new chassis they developed with BMW. So I just think that mm. the suspension geometry, chassis flex and stiffness and whatever, I just think it's probably superior Supra. Now, you take that and cage it out, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I think the issue was, is uh, Supra probably has a chassis. Talk about the Supra all you want, call it a BMW, whatever. <laughs> Everyone that drove it agrees that the chassis feels incredible. Yeah, I, I have yet to drive one, and I, I hope to shortly um, to see how it is. Something that I'm really interested in in looking uh, once all the details are of, released of the GT4 is the front end. John, if, I don't know if you have a picture of it up, uh, but if you zoom in on the on the rendering or whatever the photo they released. The front splitter and the canards that roll up into the bumper, then they look like they sort of extend into the fender. I don't know if it's into the fender liner, but it, it looks like it channels air into the into and over <clears throat> the tires. I yeah. don't know if that's I see what you're talking about. Rear, yeah, because it kind of extends out yeah. of the body. It's a very subtle aero package. Bit. Very subtle aero package. I like I'd it. I'd like to see the the details in that that that'd be an interesting concept just i think it's car. just i think it's just hitting the it looks like there's like a i don't know if you'd call it a flare but it's kind of a fender lip around the wheel well and it looks like it's just kind of bolted to that i don't know if it's any more yeah i it, it kind of does look like a kind of fender lip or an over over fender piece as well but if if it I is just, a channel a air channeling duct or maybe it has like a screens into the fender liner i don't know that'd be interesting yeah, i'm to see. i'm a simple man i see a front splitter with actual turnbuckle reinforcement and i hit like that that's 
that's pretty much how yeah. I roll. You hear, folks? The that's all it takes. Super aggressive. That's all it takes for John. I mean, the front splitters don't gorgeous. do anything. Front splitters don't do anything unless you have some kind of hard bolt reinforcement, so it doesn't flex. Right. Two true, of them. true. True. Yeah. Me a happy panda. This, this is a gorgeous car. <laughs> I love the colorway of and it. Titanium scrape nuts. Say what? Yeah. Titanium scrape nuts are also uh, required for splitters. Absolutely. For th- at the bottom. Absolutely. For the sparks. It's the, it's the F1 effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sparks. Speaking of which, Don't I have it. never seen so many sparks fly up at a track. That was insane. Ever. That, just the my entire... Oh, man. Dude. Just... That first, the first couple I, of laps were nuts. So let's talk F1 because that's what we want to do here. Uh, Singapore, it was a early race, late race, depending on where you are in the world. My word. Are you talking about especially like lap one, John, where it was like sparks mixed with like bro, water? I'm talking mixed... about – I'm nuts. like talking about the entire race, bro. Like the entire race going down the straights, like especially when there would be camera shots either from – driver's cockpit or like a like the drone kind of looking down the straight as the cars drive away yeah it looked like fallujah like it, it was just, <laughs> bah, 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 just sparks <laughs> man uh, yeah you know that's uh that's probably why i have to resurface the thing yeah we haven't been to singapore uh, since 2019 so it's been a little bit of time um an interesting start to the race with the championship leader starting in P8 due to some kerfuffles in qualifying. Almost almost Ferrari-level snafu, but not nearly that bad. Um, on top of Leclerc getting pole again and us maybe thinking the Ferrari's going to mess it up. But this, I, honestly, this is an interesting race for me. My, my I napped on and off again in, like, the first parts of this race <laughs> and, like, then proceeded to really enjoy the rest of it. What's unfortunate is if you go and like watch the F1 replay on YouTube that they release with every race, you won't find the best part of the best part of this entire race is not on there, which is disappointing to me. Um, what What's the best part of this race? The, the best. So the, the best parts of this race would be uh, towards the end, uh, Checo and Leclerc. That was some of the best racing uh, for like four or five laps. Uh-huh. Dude when Leclerc was trying to pass Checo, Checo is the minister of defense. And then he held out Leclerc basically burned his tires and proceeded to drop back and Checo stayed strong. I, it was phenomenal racing. Uh, it was really good. There was a lot of good racing on this track. It, it was just intermittent it. when I, it happened. I don't see how you could have taken a nap at all at any point during this race. It was action at any, at every point, every turn for me. It was a great race. Well, I love Singapore night race. It's just so amazing. I'm glad we're back. Here's why I took naps. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> lap nine, which, by the way, it felt like forever getting to lap nine because this race was rain delayed and everybody was like, well, what's the point of what tires in if we're not even going to use the damn things? And so it was race delayed. So I woke up, you know, 7 a.m. in Midwest land here and then it was rain delayed. So I pretty much kind of started napping during the rain delay. Race starts. Nine laps in, Latifi goes full goat mode and decides to basically squeeze uh, Zhao into a into the wall, producing a full safety car. 
proceed to nap during the full safety car, uh, wake up, then we have a VSC with Alonzo on, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, VSC with Alonzo's engine failure on 21, followed immediately by Albon getting another VSC in 23. It was just, <laughs> and you have another full safety car in lap 36 missed, with Yuki. You missed like a full 10 laps of some good oh, I probably did. Intermediate, intermediate tire racing. I probably did. I, I, I'll, was, I'll have to go back and watch that part of the race. Um, I Great overtaking. We have, uh, we'll, let's talk about this move, by the way. Uh, lap 33, another GOAT level move, level 9,000, Hamilton into the wall. Let's talk about that. Oh my God! Yes, dude. So, so for, <laughs> first, a lot of the drivers were having issues, not only through FP, not like all weekend mm-hmm. through FP one through qualifying. Everybody was like cooking it through the through the uh, cooking their brakes, not making turns, like and like just using the runoff in excess. It's almost like they enjoyed doing the little crafty pirouette things. And I mean, they look cool, and it's good for the highlight content, um, sure. But like everybody, they were having difficulties, and so um, Hamilton was one of the victims here. And it's just something that I noticed um, that he did, contrary to what, like, let's say Yuki Sonoda did, because I think he also went into the wall, and he didn't make it out. He, he ruined his, his front. Yeah, he biffed it hard, just as hard as Hamilton. Hamilton actually biffed it hard, right? But he fully so he he's going down what turn i forget what turn run uh, educate me educate me five. if you don't know yeah i think it's five yeah it must have been five or seven it's any anyway he's he's carrying some speed he's right behind uh sebastian vettel uh and he wasn't exactly going for the overtake but like he was he was committing to the corner at a high rate right he was trying to get on on his butt um didn't make it locked up the tires Right, and as soon as he realized that he was going to go into the wall, he straightened his steering wheel, and so like the car went straight into the wall, not at a, not, and so the steering wasn't at an angle, and so there was no essentially no impact pressure at like that angle to break and snap anything, mm-hmm. and so he was able to reverse out of there and limp back into the pits, which I saw that in real time, and I was like, dude, that is. That is some five level headed thinking, like on like in, in a split second. Very impressive. Well, and he didn't even I don't even think he limped. Like he was still kinda on pace until he got like he drove yeah. right back into the Oh yeah. Things. He got back into it pretty quickly. Um seventh corner. Um, I had to figure out what turn that was or it was gonna drive me nuts. So I think <laughs> I think I missed out. I think I missed out on a little bit of the drama because uh in, in Saudi Arabia, the weekend's Friday, Saturday, so we work Sunday. Okay. So, like, I watched the highlight reel after the race, and then I watched the race after that. But, like, you know, I just sat down and watched a one-hour race. I didn't get all the starts and stops and starts and stops. Oh, it was yeah. just like, and delay, and we're starting again. Um, like, how many DNFs did we have? Like, it's six. Uh there was six, yeah. A quarter of the field, yeah. Had, I mean, it was nuts. had a DNF, and that's which I've never seen. Rare. I've never seen. I've never seen so many crashes that didn't result in a DNF. Yeah, I mean, you have Lewis crashing and his like front wing basically coming off and like massive sparks off of his wing. Um, he shunted it twice, right? Yeah, yeah. 
And then yeah. I mean, you had Max. So Max, Max completely it. had a massive lockup as well and sent it. Uh, yep. But he didn't crash. Had to do it the pirouette and then get back. Um, that pirouette, you know, I hate Max, but that pirouette was masterful. Yeah. Just nailed that 180. Yeah. Um, that was very impressive. And Man, the other the thing. Of- that? Sorry. Go ahead. The other thing that I thought was impressive about Max is the camera. They had like a cockpit camera, and you could see his tires locking up, mm-hmm. and you could see him fighting it. You could see it. His tires would lock. He'd let go. They'd grab again. He'd try and steer it. They'd lock again. You could see him modulating the brake. He locked and unlocked the tires like six times before he gave up and <laughs> went into the... Yeah, so it's just like the amount of mental processing like oh i'm at the limit no nope, more break less break more break less break he was locking and unlocking his tires so much it was really impressive that's pretty sick uh, yeah. the amount of smoke the amount of smoke that he generated from that incident i thought that he had blown his engine like it was it was a crazy <laughs> well he went on the that was just a wet line that was just a wet line and a lockup and that's and th- that's the crazy thing about this race is because it was not only already a difficult track it is arguably the hardest circuit to race on. Uh, you add in the wets, and it's just nobody knew. You've got George Russell taking the sacrifice for everybody by switching to slicks to, you know, get everybody going. I think that's when the race really started to develop. Um, Checo on the one, the first reset of the safety car, ended up getting a possible penalty. Uh, that the FAA needed to wait until the end of the race and afterwards to review. So Checo is sitting on a possible five-second penalty. And this is what's great, is that towards the end here, we have Checo and Leclerc battling it out. Awesome battles. DRS is turned on finally. Checo is just holding on, barely. Um, really, really good racing. Ends up getting away. And then just, like, leaves Leclerc in the dust and gets the full five seconds uh, at the end. So even if he got the five second penalty, he would hold on to the victory, which he did. Um, some fun facts. That was impressive. That was yes. really impressive. So fun facts. Uh, Checo actually is the first one person to win both um, Singapore and Monaco in the same year since um, Vettel in, I think, 2011. So it's a Checo because I I was like oh yeah shit Checo won Monaco this year too, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. So yeah, he's the first one to win both since Vettel since twenty eleven. Um, so that's you know you know yeah. you know what it is. I think Checo just likes to win in party cities. I want him to. I want him to <laughs> yeah, probably. He need he needs Monaco to win in Monaco is obviously Mexico. a great party city, and and so is Singapore. I'm sure I'm sure his wife is the was there was like the, the fuck you are go, going out partying tonight. You're celebrating with me in bed. That's it. That's all you're going. We're going home. <laughs> it's funny. Um, oddly enough, he's the first Singapore Grand Prix winner uh, to start from an even numbered grid slot and win the race. Um, so it's an interesting set, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind. Of, I thought that was kind of a cool one. Um, you also have where's the other cool stat? This is the first Ricardo top five finish since Saudi Arabia in 2021. Oh my Ooh. God, Danny Rick! Yep. Kudos, so, kudos to McLaren for for being lucky and also uh, putting themselves in the position because they. They stuck it out on the inters longer than anybody, and, and it paid off for them. Yeah, they moved into race. fourth. Uh, they got 22 points from this with 
uh, Lando in fourth and Danny in fifth. So they scored 22 points and moved ahead of Alpine and back into fourth and constructors. So they did great. Um, also Lance Stroll. What? <laughs> Best finish of the year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was cool. Uh, so also towards the end too, you have, uh, I was watching, I'm like, there are 12 championships right here on the screen because we have, it's another goat level hand move. Um, we have Vettel, Hamilton, and Verstappen. Uh, and obviously, so those two had their kind of snafus into the walls. That's just after Max is burnt out. And they're, I think, 7th, 8th, ninth. So they're in the points, but they're just chipping away at who can get what points. And Hamilton makes tries to, to overtake Vettel, completely messes it up, and allows Max to come through. And then on the like last lap, the penultimate lap, Max passes Vettel again. Um, so... Right. How did Lewis mess that up so bad? I don't – he just, like, went wide, wide. He just missed yeah, the breaking I point. He, he, yeah, he just didn't have the brakes. Then he aborted quick enough, so he didn't even have to use the risk either hitting the wall or using the, the runoff. I don't know if that was track conditions or misdriving. As, as you saw – a lot in the race if you were an inch off the line it was drying up but still wet like you would be on the racing line and be good because cars were going by and clearing it but if you were an inch off you were basically in a swamp and had no traction so yeah what i wasn't sure of is if hamilton misjudged the corner or if he was trying to do some stuff that took him off line and so he didn't have the traction that he thought he had and would have had if the track was dry Right. And it was such a subtle, yeah. it's such, it was such a subtle, hard to tell where dry wet was almost even towards the end. Oh yeah. And a few, and a, and a few drivers made that comment about the lights hitting the track, the way the lights hit the track. You couldn't tell where the dry line was while the track Leclerc, was drying. Leclerc had a pretty, yeah, I think like noticeable radio call about that. Mm-hmm. Leclerc and Alonso, I think, uh, had mentioned that. And that's another thing about the Singapore track is when it's wet, it dries in a funky way, right? And so, like, sector one and two kind of dry off normally as as a track would. But uh, the last sector where there's a tunnel and then the grandstand um, throughout there, it doesn't dry up underneath there. And so that's why we were on the inters for so long. That's what made this race so interesting to me because the strategy was just on it was just ongoing monitoring right and everybody was like oh is it time is it time and is it not and it, it, it proved to be uh great racing throughout i really enjoyed it thoroughly i thought it was really funny there was a radio call where science says uh hey it won't be long till slicks and <laughs> right after that alonzo goes yeah we've got a long way to go on inner still <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like well who knows <laughs> yeah Let's shoot the gap somewhere in the middle <laughs> it definitely made for an interesting race um and then this next race coming up now japan max has pretty much got it in the bag here i think he just needs to get eight points on leclerc uh to secure victory which really is, that close, huh? Yeah. Max Verstappen needs to outscore Leclerc by eight points and Perez by six points to be crowned 2022 champion in Japan. So that, and that's irrespective of like 
overall finish just if he gains eight more than whatever Leclerc and Perez finish at? I believe so. It's that. It's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, once again, we have another uh, comment from Mercedes uh, coming into this race weekend. And by Mercedes, I mean either Toto or Lewis uh, about how this is a boring season because Max is dominating. We posted that in the discord. I was pretty salty about it. Um, mostly because it's, yeah, it's just, just propaganda at this point. Just it's just ridiculous. I definitely, I feel for the fans. It's never great when the season finishes early. Uh, you know, for you as the individual, it's great, but for the actual sport, it's not spectacular. This is from Lewis Hamilton, the guy who dominated the sport for seven years. And is like, Again, any I, Alonzo could say this, and it'd be okay. Vettel could say this, and it'd be okay. What What is this guy doing? He's a clown. I don't understand. I mean, maybe he's just admitting that the years where it was his dynasty were boring. That, yeah, that's what it is. Everybody but him. I, exactly, exactly. <laughs> which is totally Lewis. Which is totally Lewis. He's acknowledging, he's acknowledging that, to be fair. He was yeah. like, it's good for you. It's bad for everybody else. Right. Uh, I think, I think we're gonna have another wet race uh, in Ooh. Japan. It's, it's typically a, a wet race in Suzuka, especially this time of year. Um, so yeah, it'll be an, another interesting, interesting race. Or, or, or it'll be really sunny. Who knows? Who knows? Is that, is that how it goes in Japan? You don't know until you know. Yeah, very much so, especially this time of year. That's. October seventh, so that is this uh, next weekend. It's October seventh. Oh my God, where is the time going? Well, you see, John, it That's moves forward in most situations. Go as far as to say that time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Yes, that's where it slips typically. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you have some sort of a phone booth device, um, typically regarded as a TARDIS, you can usually mess with that sort of stuff. Um, or if you have a yeah. DeLorean tweaked. Per- to the right parameters, I've heard you can also mess with that. There are a couple ways, but yes, normally it slips into the future. Okay, so Suzuka, the race is the ninth. Sorry, you guys said the seventh, and I was like, Yeah, the race weekend is seventh through the ninth. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're in the last, we're in the home stretch. Yes, yeah, so we've wrong. got uh, Japan, Austin, Mexico, Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi. Yep. Which, inshallah, I will be at Abu Dhabi. Ooh! Yes, nice. Yes. Live from Pit Lane, it's John. Yeah, yeah. that should be an exciting spectacle. I mean, I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm not for sure yet. I gotta get my residency certificate. There you go. Some paperwork and all. Dragon. They're dragging their feet. Dragon butt. Uh, Should we Should we get into the game for today? What's the game for the day? All right, uh, we're changing it up. Scrap Race Daily. Scrap Race Daily, which is basically our automotive version of Bang, Mary Kill. Got three cars. We decide which one we want to get rid of, which one we want to spend a fun weekend with, and which one we take home to mom. Um, this time, we decided to go GT4 race car rules in honor of the Nissan we spoke of. So our three cars are the new Nissan 400Z GT4, the Porsche Cayman 718 GT4 is currently the American GT4 Series champ. And I wanted to call attention to a manufacturer and car that is very, very important 
racing circles and almost completely unknown in, we'll say, normal car enthusiast circles. And that is Janetta and their G56 GT4. Uh, Janetta being a British car manufacturer that has made dedicated race cars for a long, long, long time. So much so that there's like Janetta spec classes in Europe. Um, it's a big class in like I racing and racing circles. Um, yeah, those are the three. Who wants to take it off? I'll kick it off. I think I I think I know. Kick it. I'm I'm. So um, it's the Janetta, the Z GT4, or the Porsche 718 GT4. Correct. Indeed, man, man, man. This is this is actually pretty tough. But uh, I'm gonna go and scrap the Nissan 400Z GT4. Yeah. Whoop-de-whoop. Wow, bud. Man, it's really tough. Wow. Like, I don't want to do it, um, but just for the purposes of this game, I, I feel like I have to because uh, I really want to race the Janetta okay. G56 GT4. I mean, for the price point that it's at, it's 150,000 pounds, by the way, people. And you do have to be a race car driver to buy one. Yes, but I mean, like, for a race car, it's, it's actually pretty affordable. Uh, it weighs a, a 1,100 kilograms. It's got a 6.2 liter V8 in it, or V6, excuse me, uh, making like 500 horsepower. It It's a, a proper, it's a V8. proper race car. Oh, it is a V8, excuse me. I say, my, yeah, my Janetta's, historically, Janetta's use American V8. It, it also has a dry sump, if that's important to anybody. Oh, yeah, and it, it's got like a FIA tubular chassis approved stuff, like it's 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 given it's a turnkey race car uh and i would definitely want to race it on the track absolutely i don't know if i'll be able to go you know 100 percent, but i'll freaking try my best i'll die trying you know as 50 says uh <laughs> and that leaves the okay <laughs> work okay leaves... that leaves the porsche uh gt4 i mean it it's it's a great road going car uh, granted, it's not a race car. It has no hom- homologation. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're talking about the actual Porsche. This is the, see, this is the confusion we alluded mm-hmm. to. We're talking about the actual Porsche GT4 race car, not the street car with the exact same name as the race. Car. The race. For the record. Oh. Talking race car, Porsche, race car, now, race I'm, car. I'm confused. Yes. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Well, Porsche's done it again. They've confused Lenny. Well. Um, <laughs> No, my my response stands. I'll I'll daily that, uh, because it sounds amazing and it's super fast. It's currently at the top of the leaderboards in in the GT4, uh, World, uh, series, I believe. And I mean, imagine doing Toge with that thing. It's probably a beast. Probably a beast. Probably a beast. Most likely. Yes. Uh, what you got, Ryan? Oh, let's see here. Well, I am not confused by Jamie naming conventions, um, but I am going to scrap the Porsche. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, if you're trying to look it up, the, the specific car is the GT4 Club Sport. Mm. FYI, FYI. Club that is Sport. The- okay, let me let me double check here and see. Um, 
Nope, still scrapping it. Um, That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna scrap. It's it's. Yeah, it's neat. It's Porsche. Um, I wouldn't want to have to explain the whole naming convention thing eight times a day to people that don't understand how goat my car is and then have to re-explain it. If it confuses Lenny, it's probably going to confuse everybody. Uh, so <clears throat> I just don't want to deal with that. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to race the Z um, because I think that that's kind of the type of car that I would like to race and have a really good time at, maybe even possibly beat Lenny at lap times or something. Um just because it seems like a tolerable but quicker variant. I think that, I don't know. It just seems very, like, along my aim. I also really like the look of it, and I think it would be fun to just completely romp it around a racetrack. And, John, you show me a new car. You know how I am with this stuff, especially British brands like this. I got to take the the G56 GT4 home. I don't even care about It's got a dry sump, man. I, like. (laughs) Well, all of these cars are probably dry sump at this point. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's got. It it's, looks rad. It looks it rad. Looks super it's rad. got a V8. It's yep. it's British. I mean, I that screams I have to have it in my garage. Come on, man! Like, there's just no way around it. That is, I mean, it is a clean yet gnarly looking car. I don't even care that I can't drive it. I it, if I was gonna put it like in one of those like rotating glass cages, like that like Leno has or somebody like that wealth level here. We're imagining things. Um, actually in F1 2022, you actually have like a crib you put cars in and have those sort of things. And if I was just going to have this in my crib, this is the car to have. Cause that's a better talking point. Like I don't want to have the Porsche in my crib. Oh yeah. It's an actual GT4 super cup. And maybe, you know, like teacup and drink. And I don't want that. So that's why I scrapped the Porsche, but yeah, this car, I would a hundred percent have in the garage. It's sick. It's got to dry sump. It's got to dry some. <laughs> All right. So I'm probably going to mirror Lenny's opinions. Okay. Maybe for subtly different reasons. But much as I like the new Z, it's untested. It's unproven at this point in time. Um, crap it. I'm going to race the Janetta for all the reasons Ryan just said, because it's rad. Um, it's gorgeous. It, it's, it's a whole lot of things. Um, I'm just going to race it because, and I, I hate to admit it because prices and waiting lists and stuff right now are out of control, but like Porsche has been firing on all cylinders. I don't think they can, I don't think they can make a bad car if they try. Mm. And, uh, the 718 platform is just so good. It's the complete. There's a reason it's number one in the USGT4 series. Like, I just don't know how. I just don't think anything really compares. Uh, so, like, the Janetta's like, it is probably cooler. It's more interesting. It's neat. But, of course, it's just got it everywhere. That would be the sure. one I'd take home to mom. There it is. Yep. If I was going cool points, I'd go Janetta. But if I, if I, if I got to live with it, Gotta pick the Porsche. Yeah, I makes sense. Porsche makes good stuff. And uh, you would say, is Porsche the easiest way to like get a fast car affordably, like with a nine eleven? Uh, no. The easiest I, way to get a fast car affordably is to buy a Corvette. 
<laughs> yeah, a cool fast sure. car, not a yeah. Um <laughs> I, but I mean, if you're looking at like supercar slash like that type of stuff, I think like a Porsche is the way to go. Oh, I see. I mean, um, you, there's no way to talk about cars and which car I would buy without like your preconceived notions and biases because a well set up Corvette driven by a pro driver is going to slap a GT4 Porsche. Interesting. Okay. It's it is it is it is and, and would I rather have a GT4? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, on certain tracks, could it be faster? Yeah, because it handles really well, and the Corvettes sometimes have issues putting power down, and blah blah blah. But uh, like, the Corvette has been making supercars cry for for decades, dude. When the C5R came out and dominated Le Mans for years, um, like, that, don't forget that. <laughs> that's that's still a thing. Okay. Um, well, that's something we should talk lot. about in the future. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah, I want, yeah. uh, okay. American cars doing silly things at races they shouldn't be. Yeah, but the, the issue with American cars is you still got, you know, dudes with Velcro shoes and cargo shorts, their shirts tucked into their underwear. And so, it, like, it's hard to look at one and be like, ooh, I want that. The yeah. fact of the matter is it's better than a lot of stuff. And you, you get 12 o'clock position. You have to drive in the 12 o'clock position. That is the fastest position your hands can be in if you're going to operate a vehicle, uh, if you didn't know. Have to. Have to. Well, let us know, guys, what your thoughts are. Um, we'll have updates on both Twitter and our Instagram, which is at Zero Lift Podcast. You can also join our Discord. Let us know your thoughts on GT4 cars. Let us know how salty you are about American cars. Tell us what your thoughts are on the Singapore race are. We'd love to have you. Uh, I've been Ryan, joined by Lenny and John. Hello, folks. We'll uh, catch you next week. Thanks again for listening. Keep it pinned.